Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, Rockies fans. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. New girl here. We had some technical difficulties at the beginning of the show, but we persevered because Patrick and Kevin are just the best pros. So we're jumping into the middle of the show. Uh, but don't worry, you didn't miss a thing. All right, here we go. The other, the other, you know, comments, um, or rather, some of the takes that people have about the comments uh, that Dick Monfort made have to do with, um, you know, maybe placing the fan experience over winning ball games. Um, it is an interesting conversation. I don't know; if it's one that we need to have uh, in in this instance. Um, but I can, you know, championships maybe isn't the only thing that matters. It's very much one of the most important things that matter. Avoiding scandals is also important. Sure. You want to win a championship without having the scandal, which I think a lot of teams end up doing. Um, but it is strange to think that we are somehow not um, we we are not looking at the the winning percentage of a team as being indicative of of how good an owner has has been to either their franchise or the fan base. Well, you know, think back to 2018. Think back to that run right there at the very end in September, those critical home stands, and the way the fans turned out to make sure the Rocks got into the postseason. Yeah. And 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 I will tell you the energy that was in Coors Field. You know, it, it's hard to even describe it because it's an energy that really hasn't been there since. And mm-hmm. dare I say, going back to what we talked about earlier, maybe the only other energy has been when Nolan came back to town. You know, and and yeah. so you know. And, and so True. I think that we've really got to look at is winning in a fan experience two different things. I don't think it is. I think that you provide a good product on the field. You provide a winning team. People are going to come. But you also have to balance that knowing that Denver and Coors Field is a destination spot. It is something that we draw a, a lot of fans into this city from other markets, you know, yeah. whether they're transplants or whether it's people who are coming here for vacation and want to watch their team play. I know a lot of my friends have said, hey, I'm coming to Denver. The Dodgers are coming. You know, I, I'm going to be there, you know, and they're from L.A., but this is part of their their vacation is getting up in the mountains, but seeing the yeah. Dodgers play at Coors. Yeah, it's it's a destination spot for sure. Yeah, you can, you can have both of those things. Uh, and, and to your point, they come here to Coors Field because it's great. Not necessarily because of a fan experience. It's just it happens to be this baseball cathedral. Right. That it's you know I, I we were talking before and I almost likened it to you know is Coors Field just like an MLB amusement park or is it the home of the Colorado Rockies? And it can be both of those things. I think there's a lot of ballparks that are both of those things where you just want to go have a good time and you're going to see a really good product on the field. And 
you, you, you know, the team is going to win. You can have both of those things. And so, um, to really only focus on the ladder of, of affordable ticket prices, it's nice, but I mean, what are, what are we talking about? We're, it's winning. It, it is. It's winning. It, it is winning, you know, and, and <laughs> I, I think I love to know Avs, Nuggets, you know, and mm-hmm. Broncos back in the day, even, you know, people would pay whatever to be a part of that environment. You look right. back at some of the Stanley Cup prices last year, you know, people will pay to be right. a part of it. Is it for everybody? Absolutely not. But still, I even think back to, you know, I'm not the biggest hockey fan in the world, but we were watching the Stanley Cup last year because that was our local team. People get drawn in by winning. And so I think that when the bamboo grows mm-hmm. and if the plan actually goes according and that winning spirit, energy, whatever you want to call it, gets back in a course, it's going to be a completely different fan experience than it is right now. Yeah, that that spirit, that vibe um, is, is happening right now at the DNVR bar. And oh, I know you know that. I do know you that. you were here last Tuesday for our wonderful watch party. Absolutely. We've got those going down all the time, all of our diehards, of course. You know you get 15% off your tab. Uh, on food and drink when you're here at the DNVR bar. You get 20% off all the gear at dnvrlocker.com, as well as uh, any of the party bus situations we got going on. Tailgates, 20% off that on dnvrlocker.com. Make sure you check that out. And access to the diehards only Discord where we can say pretty much just about anything we want and not held accountable. That's nice. And we've got a pro wrestling uh, area too, what? so it's fun. What? Yes, the Royal Rumble was a buzz. We had a There was a good chat in that. Well, we'll have to talk about that later. Yeah, we'll talk about that because the the uh, the Sami Zayn, uh, Ro- oh, Roman bloodlines, the bloodline uh, story was chef's kiss. So very, very well yep. played. Yes, yep. um, Breck Brew plays it well all the time. In fact, they're doing something right now, this game day experience where they want to hook you up with uh, some fantastic merch and some fantastic fantastic tickets to a game uh, Thursday, March 9th against the LA Kings. The Avs giveaway is going down. You get two tickets, includes Lexus club access, parking pass, as well as DNVR gear. Uh, there's also uh, a Nuggets giveaway too. That's for the March 30th game against the New Orleans Pelicans. Two tickets, court side, row two, folks. Seriously, Pelicans, nice. Nuggets, that's Huge. What a great giveaway. Also includes access to the uh, Lexus Club parking pass and DNVR gear. Here's how you uh, enter. Head to the DNVR.com slash Breck Sweeps. I'll say that again so you can write that down or just go to it right now on your computer. The DNVR.com slash Breck Sweeps. Great sweepstakes. Must be 21 or older. Link in the show description. Winners will be selected one week before each game. So make sure you get in on that Avs one immediately. That's March 9th. And make sure you get on the NFL action. Super Bowl 57 is here. It's right around the corner. Uh, only a few more shots to win big on the playoffs. Thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Counting down to Super Bowl 57 new customers. You know you can bet just $5 on any any bet. Coin toss. Are you a coin toss guy? I'm a coin toss guy. Props bets yeah. are fun. Absolutely. National anthem all National us. anthem there you go. is another good one. <laughs> I like that more than the coin toss because I feel like, you you know, it's heads or tails. That's it. There's no thinking about it. Whereas no. the national anthem, you're like, all right, let me go back and let me watch some live performances <laughs> of the, this the person. The prep board is fantastic. There's some prep. There's some, <laughs> there's some analysis that goes into that. I don't think I need to make up a spreadsheet, but I will say you can kind of feel out that kind of a prop bet. And with that $5 bet on DraftKings Sportsbook, Turn into $200 in free bets 
instantly. They got the stepped up same game parlay. So you add a bunch of things and you can uh, boost your winnings up to 100%. It's fantastic. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code DNVR because new customers make a $5 bet on Super Bowl 57. And when it hits, boom, $200 in free bets instantly only on DraftKings Sportsbook and only with code DNVR. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Now, I know you uh, also, in addition to you know writing for Fansided, covering yeah. uh, the national game there and MLB, you also write for Rocky's blog. Yeah. Don't care for the blog part, because these are great articles that you and Jack Ed can write. They're kind of long form, which which I yeah. love. Now, Jack's more than mine, for sure. But I, but sure. I love uh, getting on... Uh, yeah, the Rockies.com site to check out the blog that's on there. And it's been great. Uh, Connor Siebold, Brent Suter, two guys that I really enjoy getting to know. I wanted to ask you specifically about those guys. So Connor Siebold is the uh, the latest addition. Got on the horn with him like right away. Yeah. Talked to him. Learned he's uh, he's a he's a closet Coloradan. He is. He is. <laughs> you know, and, and from some time down in Castle Rock. Actually, he's pitched at Coors Field whenever he was in high school. Uh, oh, wow. Really a cool thing. Uh, yeah, but a guy who tells me he loves beer and he loves hiking. I'm like, well, you're going to love the state then. I'm just telling you, you have, are going to blend in. But, you know, a native California guy, he was so excited to be coming back. You know, he's been in the Philadelphia organization. He's been in the Boston organization. This is the closest he's ever been to home pitching here in Colorado. And he, that's another thing he's really excited about. So he's a local guy because he used to live here. And because he's from California, that also makes him local. He's doubly local. <laughs> he's doubly local. Right? Exactly. He's, he's nearby. Yeah, I, I see him becoming good friends with Lucas Gilbreth right away. I can see like that. Like those guys. Like that will, be a, that will be a friendship that blossoms. Yeah, and, and I, think C, I think Seabold's going to be a guy, and, and he even said it in the interview, he could well start the year at AAA. It would not yeah. surprise me at all. But I think that he's a guy that he's all right with that. He's a guy who's going to be okay being whatever the Rockies need him to be. And when the time's right, I think he'll be a guy that comes up and contributes. I wanted to ask you about that because the fifth spot in the rotation, and you could very well say the fourth spot in the rotation too, with Antonio Cinzatella, um, likely to start the year on the IL. I mean, not even likely. I mean, we can almost yeah. we can we can bet that on DraftKings Sports. Yeah, I that, think we can feel pretty confident that's a safe on that. One, I think, we're not yeah. gonna. We're, it's not gonna have a big payout. <laughs> uh, but as he recovers from ACL surgery, so you've got Marquez and Freeland at the top. Jose Urania there as your number three. So it's really four and five. Feltner still not a proven commodity. Gomber, still not a proven commodity. Right. And then after that, you've got a slew of guys. And Connor Siebold could be there, especially if, if an injury happens to one of those five guys I just named. You could potentially see him start the year in the rotation. Maybe not because he blew the doors off, you know, and and, and earned that spot. But uh, he he does have some potential. We, we could even see him at some point during the year if something happens with a trade of a Jose Urania, who's another one of those guys with one year left. Yeah, you know, every team needs pitching depth, and mm -hmm. I think the Rockies last year were so thin whenever it came to starting pitching depth. Yep. And so I think Seabold coming on is really a, a smart move, at least to build that depth. And you're right, he's not he's probably not going to blow anybody's doors off. He had his moments with the Red Sox last year, but overall as a whole, it wasn't good. And he'll admit that to you. Yeah. But he's also a guy that we talked a lot about soft contact and how that killed him last year. And he's already in his mind thinking, how do I keep the soft contact from happening, especially in a big place like Coors? Yeah, Brent Suter is another one of those interesting acquisitions where uh, at first, I don't know if it was the question that was asked to Buddy at the winter meetings when we were there or if, if he kind of tossed it out there like oh, he, he could start and it's like 
He could, but he's not going no, to. No, absolutely He's not. definitely not. I don't think you would want that. He's uh, going to be a very valuable lefty in the pen, and if Gilbreth can stay healthy or is healthy to start the year, I mean, that's a fantastic way to, to kind of mix and match and not just use you know Gilbreth in a, in a big spot. You can take down some of the big left-handed bats that are already in the NL West. I'm really excited to see Brent Suter. Have you figured out why the Brewers cut bait on him? He wasn't making a lot in arbitration. He really wasn't, and and to be honest, it was a little bit of a surprise. I mean, he admitted that. So yeah. it was a little bit of a surprise that all of a sudden his time in Milwaukee was over. And I think that the lot, you know, reading some of the comments from the Brewers fans whenever we put that up, I think they were a little surprised by that as well. And he was a guy that was very well-liked in the clubhouse, well-liked yeah. by the fans, you know, uh, has his Raptor uh, nickname mm -hmm. uh, that he loves. So get ready for some Jurassic Park stuff to happen this year. Are, are we going to have the Jurassic theme? Is he, he going to use he, it? Do we he's, know? Already, he's already tipped the hand. Oh, he's already tipped the hands. Yes. He's doing his best little Jurassic Park theme. That's great. Uh, when he's coming out of the, the bullpen, at least so he says. And and I think that it's really going to be interesting because obviously this is a bullpen without Kenley to start the year, mm -hmm. uh, without Estevez. So I think Suter is really going to be a guy they're going to look at late inning, high leverage. He's going to come in. And again, being that MLB veteran that we know Buddy loves so much, mm -hmm. I think he's going to be a really key factor to how strong that setup is for Bard next year. Yeah, he, he's going to be very important for that, for sure. Uh, he's a guy who went to Hartford, or not Hartford, Harvard. <laughs> he may have been to Hartford. Okay. I'm used to talking about Har Hartford all the time with, with Susie. Harvard. <laughs> when you talk to someone from Harvard, I guess we all have. Like, like how, do you, how do you know if someone went to Harvard? When you Did, talk to Brent Suter, you're like, oh, yeah, no, he went to Harvard. Or is it? Is it... Can Did, you not tell? I'm not sure if you knew. Did you know Jeff Reich went to Harvard? I'm not sure if you ever heard that. <laughs> I heard he was a brain surgeon is what I heard. Or no, wait, I'm the brain surgeon. Exactly. I forget. One of those. <laughs> but no, uh, I mean, really a good guy. Uh, you know, and, and that was what I took from both those conversations is that those are guys that aren't only just seem like quality humans, but they're also guys that are also excited to start over, get, mm -hmm. a, get a fresh start here in uh, Colorado, see what they can do. They're both also guys that really were excited about finally having a pitcher as a manager and how that what that was going to be like. Yeah, because uh, I will tell you, uh, Suter had nothing but praise for uh, Craig Council mm -hmm. and everything that he did. But he's also like, it's going to be nice to be able to pick the brain of a guy who's who's been on the mound too. That's curious. Yeah, I don't know how many managers right now in MLB are former pitchers. I mean, I can't think of any other than wow. than Bud Black off the top of my head, yeah. but. Yeah, that's kind of curious to think about. It, it is, and and pitchers love that, you know. I mean, yeah. you, you know, we've talked to Freeland about it, we've talked to Marquez about mm -hmm. it, and they they both say it's great to have that wealth of knowledge that Buddy brings. And so I think uh, Suter, Siebel, these guys are coming in from outside organizations. That's one of the first things they think about. So he went to high school at Archbishop Moeller High in Cincinnati. That high school has produced thirty seasons of All Star selections. Whoa, two Hall of Famers. And three all stars, Ken Griffey Jr. and Barry Larkin did a lot of that heavy That's lifting there. That's pretty good. Yeah, uh, I think what fifteen uh, all star games for Griffey Jr., ten for Barry Larkin, and then five for former Rockies manager Buddy Bell. How about that? That's pretty neat. Uh, Reds manager David Bell also went to school there naturally, and then another Rockies left handed legend Philip Deal. So the real deal, the real deal, the real deal, Absolutely. the real, real deal should say. <laughs> so that's two Rockies from the same high schools. What other high schools have two Rockies attended? Thanks for asking, Kevin. I was just going there, but please. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Um, that's that's spreadsheet material for me. <laughs> haven't gotten around to that yet. You know, I have a feeling by opening day, you'll have an answer to that question. I kind of need to know. Though. Yeah. I did ask it, so yeah. I need to find out. There's, there, I would think there's at least one other high school, right? I mean, 
I would think so. There's a lot of good just just baseball programs that are out there that like just have the churn of of big league guys coming out. Yeah, you would think the, uh, you know, I've heard the Tom's River area is pretty good. Tom's uh, River, I, I've heard that Jerry Depoto, uh, but not Jeff Frazier, <laughs> or Charlie Frazier, or Todd Frazier, the one that we're all thinking. George Frazier. Uh, no, close. Okay. okay. No just cigar. George Uncle George. I don't know if he, <laughs> Uncle George is actually related. Um, Suter is also. To my knowledge, yeah. how about this one? Top three. First Rocky to ever author a book. Yeah. He wrote a book, and you got to see the cover of the book so you know when you're at your local Barnes & Noble, you can go ahead and pick up a copy of The Binky Bandit. Love there we the go. Binky it's Bandit. a kid's book, but hey, you know what? As far as I know, he is the only Rocky, yep. and certainly the only active Rocky, to have ever written a book. Yeah. And he, and he talked to me about this. I mean, that's the dog and, and literally stole the binky from, from the child and, and wrote a book about it. And, you know, and, and one of the things that he was telling me about that is that it was something that all the clubhouse was so like, that's so cool yeah. uh, within the Brewers organization. And he said that that's one of the things that he is going to miss about being in Milwaukee. It was a very tight knit group, but the binky bandit, absolutely. That's it. I mean, that, that could be his nickname now. The bi- I don't, I don't know. What he what, what's a binky in baseball that we could say he is, or we could just just call him the binky, the bandit, maybe well, the bandit. Well, you know, speaking of nicknames, he said he loves the raptor. Yeah. But the vulture stuck with him starting last mm. year after council made this uh, weird motion. Did I don't know if you remember? Yeah, that. he was like, yeah. yeah, he didn't he didn't go to the left arm to say give me the lefty. He's like, give me the vulture. <laughs> exactly. And he's like, uh, I'm leaving the vulture in Milwaukee. Not a fan of the vulture. Okay. I'm gonna stick with the raptor, but the vulture stays behind. I like that. Yeah, that that's fantastic. And he played at Colorado Springs too uh, yep. when he was in the minors with the Brewers. So uh, he knows Colorado a little bit. Yeah, I, I, I we've got to find out if you happen to know. Tell us in the in the comments there. Any other Rockies who've ever written a book? I mean, obviously Drew Goodman have if these walls could talk. Yes, stories about the Rockies. That was one. That's like literally the only book I can even like think of. There's been books written about Rockies, yes. right? Manny Randall has got his Blake Street Bombers book, but written or co-authored by a Rocky. I mean, I'm ready to start a spreadsheet, but there's only one name on it, so that's not... You need at least two to qualify for a spreadsheet. I think a Chuck could write a fishing book. I, oh. mean, I mean, he's got to write some kind of Tales from the Outdoors with Chuck or something, right? I think Ted Williams may have written a fishing book. So if if he's done that, I think Charlie could I think certainly so. do that. Absolutely. That would that would work. I could see him being a, a very good uh, fishing guide, too, after his career. I mean, besides the celebrity of Charlie Blackman... He's gonna he's gonna take you to some good. Oh, he'll be on the outdoor channel. There's watering holes. Yeah. Is that is that what they would call it? You know. I mean, he's not more of a watering hole guy. He's more of a narrow, straight, a river runs through it situation. <laughs> so it's not a hole so much as it is. It's a lot. This it's this it's, <laughs> it's this hand gesture. This is why you need to be watching over on the DMVR Sports Channel uh, on YouTube, and you need to be supporting uh, a great Colorado company in Pins and Aces. They're the official go- golf partner of DNVR. Love the Pins and Aces gear. They've got all the different colorways for uh, for all the teams here in town too. So you'll be wearing something, and people will think it's Avs related. It's Avs inspired because it looks fantastic. It's family owned golf and apparel company here in Colorado. They make amazing polos, hats, uh, golf bags, beer sleeves. Now I know you you're a golfer. Are you an, are you an avid golfer or just a golfer? I'm a golfer. Uh, Borderline know, avid though. Well, my wife is much more avid than I am, shall okay. we say? But uh, and she's better at that than I am too. Ooh. I will readily admit that on your 74th visit you get a beer sleeve so no. you know what no you are halfway there i think 
So when you, we get that beer sleeve, you throw that in her stocking. I think she'll be very happy. Uh, you know what? I, I'm not uh, tucking that away. That's it. Just you can, you can you. be counting the days on the wall, <laughs> marking the calendar. And you can also use it for seltzers, too. If she likes the hard seltzies, that's fantastic. Go over to pinsandaces.com and use code DNVR to receive 15% off your first order and free shipping. That's pinsandaces.com. Bacchus and Shanker, when you get hurt, Bacchus and Shanker is here to help. They win for Colorado families, and they help those who've been seriously injured in Colorado for more than 25 years. Best part is... They're free until they win you money. So no upfront fee to speak with them about your case. No fee while they work on your case. No fees unless they win your case and win money for you. They've got 30 lawyers on staff, uh, over 100 uh, people helping out that staff. So it's a fantastic group that works together all throughout Colorado, including neighborhoods, uh, neighborhood offices in Denver, Aurora, Inglewood, Fort Collins. Bacchus and Shanker has the strength and power to win your case uh, they help with all kinds of injury cases that weren't your fault, fault, car accidents, motorcycle, rideshare, pedestrians, trucks. They can even help when you've been injured at work. Call us at, call them at 222-2222. That's right. So just think Troy Tulowitzki and Jonathan Daza. You know in, in any order, if you want to go Daza, 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 Tulo, 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 <laughs> you can. If you want to go Daza, Tulo, Daza, Tulo, 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 you can. It's 222-2222. What's that number? You know, tula, I go Tula, 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 Daza, Daza, Daza. Okay, I, I, I see. I, I flip. First three are Tula twos. Yeah. I, Last know. four are two are Daza twos. I would do that first. That's me. That's you, and that's your right. You know, that's your thing. right. Thank goodness. Look, they've won over a billion dollars for their clients, so that would be a good that would be a good thing. Um, a personalized Dick Monfort jersey when he's worth a million a billion dollars, a billion across the back with a one and a dollar sign. He's halfway there, I think. You know, why didn't Ted, Ted DiBiase come up with that or something? I'm just curious. Oh, it's the million dollar See? belt. It's that's yeah. it. It's I only know, a mil- all See? the belts cost a million now. Yeah, I think even the the just the the jewels and the gems from the hardcore belt are worth a million at this point. Yeah, it's like if the Doctor Evil them. line. You know, just a million. Come on. Absolutely, one million dollars. Um, one billion is Bacchus and Shanker. That's what they do. Uh, Brendan Rogers. Uh, so he was another name on the lips of Dick Monfort saying. He's it's kind of a pivotal year for him. Do you get the same feeling? That's that's. I feel like that's so true for everyone on the Rockies because no one really had like a career year other than CJ Crone, right? Right. I mean, Rogers still did have a career type year, but he needs to show that he can do it again at this point. He does, and and I think that how he started the year, we all kind of forgot about that a little bit, except in talking points by what he did during the heart of the season, but then the end of the year. You know that there was there was a struggle there at September the September was rough. September was rough at the plate. It was rough in terms of injury. You know, so how does B Rod come back from that this year, and and can he avoid the slow start? So yeah, I think that it's really important whenever you look at again, is he a part of the future? And it's really weird to say about a Gold Glove winner, but right. but it, but it's worth saying. Is there somebody coming up that you would feel comfortable enough to say? We can we can move B Rod and not lose a step, yeah. You know, and and I think that that would probably be a Mac moving over, a Montero finally getting a spot in there. You know, warming Bernabel. Or Bernabel, we'll see what he absolutely. does. Absolutely, that's truth. Yeah. So there's options. So I think, but you know, you said it earlier. His his value may never be higher than it is right now. Now, if he has a good first half of the year, trade deadline comes, rocks are out of it. Would they consider it? It would go against everything they've done recently, but it's a thought. 
and everything they've done recently has not gone very well for them. It hasn't. So you have to sort of you got to be the op- you got to be like George Costanza. I got to do everything the opposite. Nice. The there antithesis of everything and just say, "You know what? This is an opportunity to jump on someone's willing to maybe pay more than this guy's worth to us. He's worth a lot to us." Yeah. But again, we're trying to win something. We're trying to build something and we've got a lot of depth. You know, Bernabel, you know, he's a he's a more slender guy. I'd be interested to know if if he might even play a little second base this year. I could see something like that in his future. Again, McMahon can do that. Uh, and then you've got Montero and, and Bernabel at, at third base. But maybe, again, you've got McMahon going to second and third, and Bernabel's that guy. He's still at least a year off. But still, are, these are the pieces that you can look and say, all right, well, we've got depth here. We've got a strength. Let's take that, make a trade, and and try to uh, improve one of our weaknesses. Yeah, you know, the, t- the talk early in the season about Mac, or sorry, uh, B-Rod in Miami, and right. could, could it be a pitching in return? And what that might have looked like, you know, pitching is always in demand. If you could find a guy that could actually right. pull it off here at Coors, yeah, not a bad trade. Cabrera looked pretty good last yeah, year in did. his uh, 2022 debut at Coors Field. Herman Marquez is another player, I think, who's kind of in line for somewhat of a pivotal year. This is his last official year before free agency. He does have a, one more year of a club option that's still incredibly team-friendly, so we can go ahead and just say he has two more years until he reaches free agency. So now's the time that, you know, again, the Rockies did that last year with their their players who were two years away from free agency and extended Senzatella, Freeland, and McMahon. This is kind of a time, I think, for the Rockies to decide, do they want to pony up for a guy that's been their horse, along with Freeland? Right. But it's been more so Marquez. It's just that I think the expectations have been so high, even though Freeland has had the better career year in 2018, yeah. finishing fourth in Cy Young. But Marquez is also kind of in the midst of a pivotal season for the Rockies to decide what they should do with him. You know, and and whenever we talked earlier about the buzz inside Coors, I left out the All-Star game. Because, I mean, that was something. And obviously when Herman took the mound during the All-Star game, man, that was incredible in there. And I think that that was almost the high point. And, And what has it been since then? Sure. But I think that the Rockies are so thin still. You know, we talked about Seabold coming on, but they're still so thin at starting pitching. Would you really trade a guy like Marquez, even if he's not living up to expectations? Is there somebody that you really would feel comfortable slotting in there right now who's coming up through the ranks and would actually be ready? I think that's right. the other key point as well. Yeah, no, that that's true. I mean, their their starters are are still so incredibly young and so far away, and and some of the older ones have just had injury issues, and so you you've got those kind of questions about that. I sort of think the third guy that's most pivotal this year, um, that not for his career, he's already established himself. He's already got he's already got the bag. But Chris Bryant, I mean, fans I think have been pretty kind to him in the last year. Again, on on Twitter, you can find people saying just about anything. Oh, of course, yeah. But you know, you're disappointed in the only the 42 games played. But at what point, if the injuries continue or if uh, the lack of success at the plate? I, I think he's going to win if he's healthy this year or even next. He'll win a batting title. I think he'll do go the same right as a guy like Michael Kadire, who I think his career high was 284, and then comes to Coors Field, hits 331, wins a batting title in 2013. I think Chris Bryant kind of fits into that category, and you just see him peppering the ball around Coors Field when he was healthy in April. But if he does not deliver, I mean, there's going to be those like Ian Desmond type whispers oh, sure. of, oh sure, what are we paying this guy for? So I think that's a that's a pivotal year for the fans more than anything. Yeah, and and I think if you look back, whenever Daniel Bard won the comeback player of the year, I think Chris Bryant's a huge candidate for that this year. Great now again, point. he's got to stay healthy. He actually has to produce at the plate, 
but there's been everything you look at in the past that shows he can do that. And, and so I think that while this is a pivotal year for him, I think if he actually stays healthy, becomes that battleship, you know, that we've, we've heard him being referred sure. to and actually can help carry a Rockies offense where they sorely missed him last year, then I think fans will pretty quickly go, okay, it was a bad year. It was an injury-filled year. Check, move on. Sure. Are there any um, – have you started thinking about the camp battles that are uh, going to happen in spring training like – Fourth and fifth starter spot, again, if it's Feltner and, and Gomber, you're like, all right, if they end up winning the job, that was kind of what you expected. Um, I think kind of the final spot on the bench is going to be interesting. In addition to the utility player, because now you got Harold Castro in the mix, was, was one of those minor league signings that I saw on the Rockies transaction page, and it was like someone from Detroit had like tweeted it out, like, hey, this thing happened. And then it was like a week later that the Rockies like officially announced it, I think. Yep. But Harold Castro and Alan Trejo make for an interesting battle. Trejo, uh, we think, is going to you know, pick up an outfielder's mitt, so he'll be the Garrett Hampson type. Do you go with a more veteran type like Harold Castro has been around for about five seasons or a younger guy with maybe a, a higher upside now, Trejo? Yeah, I, I honestly just gut feeling if Castro has a good spring, I don't see any reason he doesn't wow. break camp with them. Really? I, I do, you know, and, and I think there's nothing against Trejo or anything else, but I think that Bud Black loves his veterans. And I think if there's a chance to bring in Castro as your utility guy, you plug him in certain places and you also trust him at the plate as much as you do in the field, you know, Trejo had his flashes. Absolutely did. You know, and, and he's, He's a guy that Bud knows from San Diego. You know, they've got a background together, all that stuff. But there's still something about the veteran coming in and actually making an impact. So I think Castro is going to be one of those sneaky signings that will look out on the opening day roster and go, oh, yeah, that guy. Could Castro, and, and he had the, the, the pivotal, talk about pivotal players, pivotal walk-off home run in the Venezuelan League final on Monday night. That was a celebration right uh, there. That was you. a celebration, to say the <laughs> least. That was great. So good for him for that. Obviously, uh, that's fantastic. But the uh, the thing, the little switcheroo here. What about this idea that um, Castro is the Garrett Hampson, Castro's the utility player, and Alan Trejo is the shortstop on opening day? Now you don't want that to happen. No, you uh, gave me the side eye. Yeah, I did. I was like, what? But it, it, <laughs> how much does how much does Tovar have to earn this spot? Is basically what I'm kind of getting at. That if if he's any bit left of center, maybe they just send him down for a couple weeks. And you say, well, we do have two shortstops now on the roster with Castro and Trejo. You don't want that to happen. I don't think that would happen, but maybe that's the kind of insurance that the Rockies are getting now that in the past they haven't really had. Yeah, I, I think that is a worst-case scenario, but it's, it's a possibility, actually. You know, as, as we always say, is it improbable? Yes. Is it impossible? No. You know, I, I do think that Tovar breaks. I think he's your opening day shortstop. But if he absolutely struggles, you know, right. in, in spring— you know, but how many guys struggle in spring and you go, oh, well, it's spring training. You shrug it off. Will they True. be willing to do that with a guy like Tovar and go, you know, his defense, his upside, everything else is so much. Plus those fans, let's be honest, they need a little reason for optimism. And as much as we may love Trejo or Castro, that's not going to get the blood boiling as much as having Tovar in there. No, you, you make a compelling argument there that even in the worst case scenario, there's almost no reason to not put him right. On that roster, I mean, you stuck it out with Brendan Ro Brendan Rogers last year. You did throughout April, and so that's that's again slightly different situation, but but still, you don't want to kind of you know ruin his confidence. Logan saying that Trejo is one of his faves. 
loves to see him there, yep. uh, which is which is fantastic. Um, Design Love saying Chris Bryant has not been the same player since 2017. I hope he rebounds because he's such a quality person, but I'm not optimistic. So and there's a lot of, there's a lot of Rocky fans that aren't. There's a lot of Rocky fans that are already writing this up as a bust. I mean, let's be honest, they are. Are they podiatrists? Because if they are, <laughs> then maybe they know something we don't about plantar fasciitis because that would make a little bit of sense, right? Yep. Uh, we're also getting in a comment, I'd pay a big amount um, of change for a World Series ticket at Coors Field, like his entire savings account. Oh, so, I, I think if the World Series gets back to Coors, oh my gosh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, as much as it costs you to get into Ball Arena for the Avs, you know, at least there was some history with, you know, and everything yeah. there. Yeah, getting the World Series back at Coors after the disappointment during the Red Sox in 07, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And look, again, that's going to push some fans out as far as being able to afford, you know, to, to get in. We know that that kind of happens. But again, you don't run your business because you're worried about people who basically can't afford your product, if that makes sense. And it's a strange, it's a strange it, philosophy twist of, of, of narrative. And it, it is, that I you don't know, get. especially, you know, Tampa Bay has been on the news this week because they're talking about how they're going to refurbish the Tropicana, Tropicana Field area and all this stuff. Sure. It'll be interesting to see. But, <laughs> you know, is it something that the Rays fans don't go to Tropicana Field? They have a winning product, but yep. the Rays fans don't go. So I think that that's something really interesting. A's fans don't go to the Coliseum because, well, you know, the, the shape of the Coliseum and the shape sure. of the team right now. And the smell of the Coliseum yeah. and the smell of the team. Yeah, the, the, the possums. I mean, yeah. let's be honest. If you're a possum, you're loving the A's right now. No doubt about it. But but I think it's something that this is this is a destination city like we were talking about earlier. Mm -hmm. And it's also a city that has been, you know, and locals will say this, been inundated by us transplants, you know. So when the Giants come, when the Dodgers come, heck, whenever the Reds or Mets come, it's amazing to see the amount of fans wearing the opposing colors in the stands. And it doesn't matter whether it's four bucks or 20 bucks, they're still going to be there supporting their team. Yeah. Uh, final two spots on the bench. Do you have a favorite? It basically comes down to Montero, Nolan Jones, Michael Tolia, or Sean Bouchard. And Sean Bouchard wow. is the only one that can't play somewhere in the infield. Uh, that's, that's quite a mix right there. Honestly, quite a mix of people who can come in. I think Nolan Jones is going to get every benefit of the doubt this year. I, I think that again, I think so too. Yeah. As, as the him and Tolia are the only two lefties in that, yeah. in that bunch. And I think that's the See, simpatico. That's exactly where <laughs> I was going with that. Cause I think you've got to have some, some more uh, options off the bench than you've had in past years. And I think that, uh, Jones could give you that option. I think Tolia will give you that option. It, 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 you know, as much as we love Sean Bouchard and as much chance as he got last year, it may be tough for him to break camp with him this year. A lot of uh, top 100 prospect lists are um, coming out now. Any names or any any results surprising you? It's typically about four. Uh, we did see Keith Law's list for The Athletic yep. uh, have five names, a couple of new ones there in, in Benny Montgomery and Warming Bernabel. Uh, Kylie McDaniel only had three, but Romo was kind of uh, an honorable mention. Uh, anything necessarily, uh, you know, jump out at you with, with these lists? Uh, are you surprised that there's not 10 to 15 on them? Like some, some would suggest, <laughs> you <Yeah>, know, no, <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I'm not surprised when it's a top 100 list. You know, I was looking at Kylie McDaniels, which just came out this morning on ESPN plus. Oh, nice. You know, Tovar is the highest ranked there at 35. Uh, let's see. Uh, let me find, I think, uh, Veen was 49. Uh, and then uh, Amador at 73. Those were the only three Rockies that broke in at the top 100 on that. You know, and, and there's a lot of good buzz right now around Tovar, around Veen. Uh, you know, 
and, and again, uh, as great as Amador is as well, I think there's a lot more buzz right now about Brenton Doyle. Uh, and yeah. what he could what he could mean to this team is he going to be that center fielder of the future, you know? And so I think that that's really something to watch in prospect news as well is that it may be a guy that's not on these top 100 lists that could actually get to Coors before any of them. Yeah, I think uh, Amador has been the, the pleasant surprise where yeah. he did have a huge year last year, but because it was in low A, I was worried if he wouldn't you know really get that recognition. But he definitely has. He's in the back of back of the one hundred. But again. Similar to a guy like Tover, who really wasn't even on the hundred top one hundred list this time last year, another really good season at at High A Spokane. He'll probably get promoted to Hartford maybe by the summer, and now all of a sudden, Adel Amador could be a top fifty guy, maybe I, even top twenty five so. if he does um, exactly what he did last year. So, and and is it weird to say that depending on what Tovar does and how quickly he adapts, that that could be a blueprint for the rest of these? rookies or prospects who are looking at possibly you know if tovar succeeds and the rockies show faith in him give him the the b-rod treatment early on if he struggles or whatever it might be mm-hmm. does that show then that they're willing to bring up those prospects and give them the same uh, leash as well right um again just letting you know this is the dnvr rockies podcast brought to you by DraftKings sportsbook now when you use promo code DNVR, you make a $5 bet on the Super Bowl 57. And if that bad boy hits, you're going to get $200 in free bets instantly from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Uh, Let's loop back around to a conversation we had at some point. I don't know if it was on the car ride down. Maybe it was before we were on air. But uh, this is the one-year anniversary of Nolan Arenado trade uh, becoming official back in 2021. Two years. Two years. Did yeah. I say one year? Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm perhaps I'm a little flustered. I'm not sure why, but I think that's what it is. Yeah, no, it yeah. feels like five years ago. So I feel better that I aired on the shorter side. Yeah. 2021. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? It was wild. Um, yeah. You know, the rumors came out on January 29th and then the weekend goes by and it becomes finalized and you get a package of players that you have to squint and, and hope and say, Hey, if things turn out right, this could be a really good crop. And so far, um, that, that, that package of players for Arenado uh, unfortunately hasn't had that, uh, that kind of punch. Mateo Hill, already out of the organization, was, was taken in the minor league portion of the Rule 5 draft. I know you just wrote about that on uh, Fansided yeah. MLB, about uh, the grades. Yeah, it was, it was hard to write because, you know, to be perfectly frank, I don't think the grades have changed since that very first day that we knew it was official and what the return was going to be. Right. You know, in my article, I gave I gave the Cardinals an A. Uh, I think Nolan has been everything that they wanted him to be. And I wrote in there that, you know, one thing I actually talked to him about um, during the wild card series last year when I was up there covering it was this year, he's going to be more of a leader maybe than ever before because he's got to step in for Yachty. He's got to step in for Pujols. Both those guys are gone. Right. Wainwright's still there. But I really think that it's going to be Wainwright, Goldie, and Arenado that are going to be your clubhouse leaders this year in St. Louis. So that pressure to get past the wild card round and actually deep into the postseason in St. Louis, it's going to be bigger than ever, and it is. Goldschmidt's, I think he was 35 this past year. So, yep. I mean, he's getting up there in age. He just won the MVP. So, I mean, let's... Yeah, he's doing all right. Yeah, I, I'm not <laughs> trying to say, like, it, the end is near. But yeah. Uh, yeah. but still, yeah, that's uh, that's it's just just wild. You know, we, we get, of course, comments on Twitter at DNVR underscore Rockies. And, you know, some sometimes, obviously, people are upset. A lot of the time, yeah. they're they're talking about how awful of a trade it was, how it ripped their heart out. And there are other folks that are like, I'm actually really happy for Nolan. Like, yeah. they, they look at it from that perspective. That's the only positive that can come out of it. You're not happy trading away a first ballot Hall of Famer. 
um, and and getting back, you know, again, some hopes and and some yeah. some filler on the roster. Again, good players, um, but still, people are the only thing they're happy about is like, oh well, now maybe Nolan can kind of get what he wants because they want that for him because Nolan provided so much for what fans have wanted over the years. Absolutely, you know, and I think a lot of people, him coming up through the organization, him all of a sudden becoming the Gold Glover, you know. Around the country, Nolan was the face of the franchise yeah. for years. Whenever you thought of the Rockies, you thought of Nolan. Now Chuck was in there as well, obviously. Uh, but you know, who do you think of now nationwide? Is it Chris Bryant? Is it is it Charlie still? You know, Nolan was that identity for a while, and so I think that that made the trade even harder. And it's one of the reasons why you know I gave the Cardinals an A. I also wrote in there I gave the the Rocks an F. Still to this yeah. day for the trade, and it's nothing against Gomber. It's nothing against Montero. But neither one of those guys to this moment have been the players that were going to be that, oh, my gosh, this is going to work out. Right. You know? Now, I think this is a pivotal year for Gomber, too. I absolutely think yeah. it is. You know, That's I, true. And not just because of the pressure from the trade, and he's talked about that numerous times, but he struggled mightily last year. You know, that whole bullpen to starter and back and forth. Not you know, happy. No. No. Can he find his rhythm? Can he get back into the rotation this year? And – and if they can't find a place for Montero to get consistent at bats, I think that that's really going to be a problem as far as how this trade's going to be viewed for years to come. Yeah, yeah, it's it's one of the reasons why I think late in the season, I, I don't know who's the first one who said it, but we felt like everyone in the press box were kind of thinking at the same time of like, oh, do you trade Brendan Rodgers this off season yeah. and move McMahon over to back to second base, Montero's at third base, or you can trade Montero, but again. What's the return going to be on right. Rogers? Is obviously going to be a lot more. It's a lot proven. Montero, you're you're just you're hoping you're you're wishing on a, on a player to come to fruition the same way that the Rockies were were wishing and hoping on a player when they got him for Nolan Arenado. So it maybe makes more sense to trade Rogers, but Montero could be one of those guys where if another team you know likes what they see, you can get a little bit creative and 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 maybe add a little bit of pitching for a Montero. You could, and I wonder then what that would do to Rockies fans because if he was supposedly, oh, this is going to be the prospect that's going to make the difference. Gomber's already in the majors, but Montero coming up, he's going to be the guy. And all of a sudden, you go, eh, and you're going to trade yeah. him for somebody else. What kind of reaction is that going to be from uh, Rockies Nation? Sure, I think I think Rockies fans. Uh, they're ready to win again. Uh, it's it's been some time. I think they're I think they're ready to uh, to pay good money uh, to see their team win. Uh, I know that that was some of the yeah. comments uh, that Dick Monfort made. That um, some folks have suggested that hey, it's very noble to have affordable price tickets. Um, but is that the the point? You know, uh, does Dick Monfort care more about the fan experience than winning? Well, I think you can care about them equally, but. Go back to what happened this past offseason. I don't know if you heard, but Carlos Correa was signed with a few teams uh, before he finally ended up with the Twins. I heard something rumbling. Did, did about you hear it. about that? Okay. I did. One of those teams was those New York Mets. And the day that they announced that Correa was signed, and of course he didn't end up there, a million dollars single day in single game tickets. A million dollars in yep. one day. So excitement can bring fans can bring revenue, and I'm guessing those probably weren't $4 tickets that the Mets fans were buying. They were willing to say, you know what, I want to see this guy play in person, I want to see what he can do for him this year. Yeah, yeah, people are, are willing to pay those prices, no doubt. And again, the rock pile is still going to be there. The rock pile is still sure. going to be the rock pile. So, like, that's uh, that's kind of a non-entity. Um, also, today, we've got, um, we've got sad news in the worlds of the Montreal Expos. The final Montreal Expos player <sighs> has retired... Asterisk. 
we've, you've got to, when we're dealing with Tom Brady and his retirements, we have to, uh, we have to mention that there's an asterisk with that, but yes, drafted by the Montreal Expos didn't sign with him, but nevertheless, he's uh he's the final expo hanging out. Desmond was the last player in MLB to hang on from the expos, yep. but now Tom Brady. See, Ian Desmond, Tom Brady share a little little something there. That's Things it. you might not have thought about. Right. Yeah, Tom Brady is is top of the mountain. Absolutely. Um, I think the, the story was he went out to, um, I don't know if it was spring training, um, somewhere where the Expos were at. Maybe they flew him in. It could have even been Montreal. Nevertheless, F.P. Santangelo, who I think he, um, he broadcasts with the Giants now. Um, but he was a player and he was, you know, talk, he basically talked him out of having a baseball career. He's like, no, you don't want to be riding buses and you got to go through the minors for like three, four, five years. And it's like, you can go and get, you're going to get drafted. I mean, you're a pretty good QB there at, at university of Michigan. So there's a, there's a much bigger and better payday ahead of you. So he talked Tom Brady out of a baseball career. Well, he took the Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson route. It sounds like to me and it. it worked out. Okay. I think Brady needs to send F.P. Santangelo, one of my all-time favorite baseball names a, from the '90s. That's a great. Name, oh, he owes him a Rolex, I think. <laughs> Fantastic name. I think that makes a lot of sense, uh, and it makes a lot of sense if you're over on Twitter, so we can hear more of your comments and your thoughts uh, on the one-year anniversary. I said it again: the two-year <laughs> anniversary of the Nolan Arenado trade. The one-year anniversary of the first anniversary. You know, that's, that's what, what I've been you trying were to say. That's exactly right. Yes, I like to celebrate See, anniversaries than the actual event happening. See, we're playing checkers. You're playing chess. I mean, it's that simple. I am. I know. In the metaverse too. On top of that, so it's not even real. Um, at DNVR underscore Rockies is where we're at. Where can uh, folks find your stuff at online, reading their articles, Rockies blog, Twitter, all that oh stuff? Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah, first Hammer. of all, uh, absolutely. Head to the Rockies.com. Uh, look for uh, the blog that's on there. Uh, absolutely happy to do that with Jack Ekin. Uh, Call to the Pen is our site on Fansided where I'm the editor and we do a lot of stuff. And I'm the national columnist for the MLB site on Fansided.com. So really excited about that. Big things ahead. Big things ahead, man. You're not, and you. that's how I know you know you're moving up. You're not covering the Rockies on opening day. Yeah, I will be in St. Louis. Speaking of Arenado, yep, I will be in uh, St. Louis for opening day. Uh, the Jays come to town. Uh, what's going to be a very fascinating series, I yeah. think. Because when you think of opening day in St. Louis, you think Toronto Blue Jays. Yeah, that, yeah. That's so weird. <laughs> I know it really is. The seriously. Twins finish up in Colorado. That's where they end their season, yeah. playing for like the first time since like June of 2014. So. Um, the schedule makers are the, the, the schedule gremlins. I am excited to see there. the schedule and how it plays out this year. Honestly, the changes and everything else, it's going to be a lot of fun. Balance schedule too, a little yep. bit. Yep. Careful what you wish for. Less Dodgers and Giants, <laughs> more Angels, Yankees, Otani, Judge. Will they draw the fans? I mean, Dodger fans now have less chances to see their team here in Denver. Yes. Will so, the Angels fans turn out? So you know, I have had that that thought of like, hey, the NOS teams actually travel really well other than the Diamondbacks, yeah. naturally. But you're going to maybe lose some revenue there. But again, at least this year, you gain it back with the Yankees. You know, in, in future years, I don't know if there's other American League teams that will travel as well. Boston will be next year, yeah. so you'll get that benefit. Sox probably will, yeah. A little bit of a bump. And I don't know about the folks in Baltimore, but they're going to be exciting. Oh, yeah. With, with, especially with their latest acquisition. Justin Wick, shout out to him. Oh, Jay Wick. Jay Wick. That's pretty fantastic, Legend. actually, seriously. Super happy yeah, for him. Got to make sure he gets a shout Good job, out. Jay Wick. Give me a shout out, too, on Twitter. At Patrick D. Lyons is where I'm at. Kevin, this has been so much fun. Always. So momentous, but unfortunately, and you're a baseball guy, so you know this. You know what they say about momentum? I've heard. 
It's only as good as your next show. So we will talk to you tomorrow at 11 a.m. on the DNVR Sports Channel on YouTube.